This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Hey, what's up, podcast fans? Carm Capriato, welcome back to another episode of Remarkable Results Radio. Today, a very special episode. I'm calling this kind of beyond the shop, and you're going to hear some of these occasionally on the podcast. You know, it's no secret we're facing a technician shortage, and Napa Auto Care is addressing that. The free two-year apprentice program offers a variety of training to produce a technician with three ASE certifications. Learn more. Members can visit member.napaautocare.com. We know that so many shop owners and so many people in the industry have something else that they do once the clock stops. I have with me Pete and Chris Meyer. Hi, guys. Hey, good to have you here. Of course, Pete's the Creative Director, Technical Vehicle Repair Group. Uh, for Endeavor Business Media. Hey, Pete. Hey. We have read Pete's articles. We have seen his videos. He is an industry, if you will, icon. Good to have you here and your wife, Chris. We're here to talk about what you guys do after the clock stops. And it is an incredible story and a, and a great, I guess, maybe it's a foundation, uh, Chris. I'm not quite sure what to call it, but uh, it's something that you guys do for children that have been abused. And I find this fascinating. It's called Bikers Care, Inc. Tell us how you started this, Chris. Well, we were with another organization and for about five years that also helped kids that were abused. Um, these kids were going to court, so we would go to court with them, empower these kids to where they could testify against their perpetrator. While doing that, I was one of those kids, so growing up, after five years of just going to court with kids, we realized that, well, I already realized that there's more to it than just the kids going to court. There are kids with um, domestic abuse. There are kids out there that are being neglected. Yeah, and that's, Carm, that's, I think we've talked in private before that, that the, Sorry. the case before uh, was mainly sexual abuse cases, and that's horrendous enough. But uh, that's just the tip of the iceberg, literally. It's only about 10% of the total abuse cases in the United States. And to be honest with our viewers who are watching your program, the United States has one of the worst records of all industrialized nations in, in how it protects its kids. We have 1,500 children dying every year as a result of neglect or physical abuse. And these children are typically uh, under four years of age. The majority of those never get to see their first birthday. That's something that, that any society as advanced as ours, as rich as ours, uh, shouldn't tolerate. But we try to, as she said, address the entire issue, not just a small portion of it or for a small portion of time. Uh, she has children that she's been in touch with for years as they work their way out of their trauma and try to point them to the right resources and and we get that from that around the country. That's kind of really what we focus on. I mean, it's just basically her and I and, and one other person. So we're not a huge group. But you know what? It doesn't, it doesn't take numbers to make a difference. It just takes a willingness to make a difference. And we're available to these kids 24-7. They have our cell phone numbers. They can call me in the middle of the night and in the morning. It doesn't matter what time of day. I call them within an hour. Um, we were able to help some young lady in Michigan and just through the internet, we were able to help her. And I told her some of my story and she told me some of her story. And uh, this was probably about 
maybe about a year and a half, two years ago. Now she's graduating and and uh, keeping in touch with us. And we have another young lady that we're helping. These are teenagers that have been abused through their life, like I was. We're trying to get these kids help. And if the help that they're getting is from me, it helps me help them. Well, I can't imagine how cathartic it is for you knowing that you're lending a hand. When you get the call, Chris, is it a down moment for them? Did something recently happen or are they just looking for a positive charge? Um, the young lady in Michigan started on Instagram reaching out to Bikers Care with a name, just another effed up teen. And uh, when she posted, she was just another effed up teen. She was posting stuff like nobody cares, nobody understands, nobody gets what's going on with me. And he reached out to her and um, through Instagram. And then he had me reach out to her because I understood how to get through to her and um, was able to. And this was all through Instagram. Never spoke to the young lady on the phone, never called her on her cell phone. She never called us on our cell phone. It was all through Instagram. Essentially, she did a um, project to school where she had to tell a story about something with no words. So she put a taste tape across her mouth and she put the word whore on there and just painted all kinds of negative stuff all over her for what happened to her in her life. And we asked her if it was okay if we posted that picture because she said it took a big, it made a big impact in school. We posted the picture and I said, see how many people you're helping right now? I was literally making screenshots of all the pictures of what people were saying and how she was helping other people by just displaying that. She had no idea. And I think that helped her through what she was going through. Yeah. Carm, that is important to note too. When she first shared that, it was part of a photojournalism class that she was in. And when she shared that with her classmates, I said, you really don't have any idea of how many other kids in your school alone are going to be touched by that because the numbers of children who have or will be just sexually abused is staggering. You're looking at one in three girls, one in five boys. That's, that's that a huge higher. number. And it's not the guy in the overcoat standing outside the schoolyard. It's the uncle. It's Somebody the you know. soccer coach. It's the youth leader at church. It's the people that uh, the family knows, sometimes in the family itself, as like in her case. And so, again, if you take that number a step further, if it's one, three under the age of 18, then 18 and over, how many of them have become adults now that you might know personally that have those stories and have and never have told or shared with anyone? You know, the just sexual abuse alone is, is like they suffer from PTSD, just like a combat veteran. And in that type of trauma, it's buried in the subconscious and as long as you're awake and conscious, you can keep that demon in the closet. But when you're triggered by something or you're in the subconscious, that demon comes out to play. And that's the challenge is for these individuals, whether abused recently or it happened 10 or 20 years ago, need to get the help to bring that out into the light, deal with it and quit letting it affect their lives. Needless to say, I'm moved by this discussion. I can say that I don't know anyone in this situation, but I'm sure I know someone in this situation. You don't yes. know that you know someone. Yes, that I've never was able to spot, to see, to hear about, because 
based on the stats you're saying, in my area of influence, I'm sure there's people that have been abused, but they don't wear that badge anywhere. It's just deep inside. It's very, it seems to be extremely emotional. So where are our friends? Where are our family? Where are our teachers? And I guess the reason that you're doing this is it, this is about awareness and not only getting help, but you know, the fundraisers that you're doing, it's how else are we going to help fix this problem or find or provide comfort if you guys weren't doing this? We try to provide uh, resources for therapy and resources for domestic shelters. It's it's all about resources with us as well as helping financially sometimes. So it's just having someone there that can help them through the process and help them get through what's going on with them to kind of get out of that fog. Cause that's the young lady that we're helping now is kind of in a fog. She is, she doesn't know how to move on, stays in a room. She stays on her phone. She draws a little bit, but there's nothing that can help her right now other than somebody being there for her to help her move forward. Cause she's stuck. I've been there. She's just stuck. She doesn't know how to move forward. So um, that's what the abuse does to some people. It just makes you freeze up. Chris, is she getting counseling that you would know of? She is now, yeah. She is now. She is now. All right. Through our help, yeah. Is she living at home with parents or a mom? She is, and her mom was part of the problem. Her mom was trying to help her, but she was overdoing helping her. She was pushing her to try to get her to talk about the abuse, and it was stuff for her grandfather. The more her mom pushed, the more she shut down. So we suggested mom get help too, to help her through what she's going through, as well as helping her daughter get through what she's yeah. going through. And I just want to say again, real quick, Carm, the numbers that we just gave you guys, that's 10% of the yeah, total abuse of our children. That's a very, very small amount. It's just the one that makes the headlines. <laughs> for the parents who are watching, one of the easiest ways for these people to get into your children's lives so it's right here. Yep. If you don't know what your child is doing on this or doing on their home computer, you better find out because I, I figure the stats are, but it's a, again, a huge number of children who will be approached by a cyber predator online, whether it's like through a game, chat room, whatever the case might be, and, and they pretend to be peers. And then they groom these th- their victims. They're very, very good manipulation. It, here is... You need to know what your kid is doing and you need to check that phone, check those uh, online applications regularly. Let them know that, yes, I appreciate your privacy, but you live in my home. It's my job to protect you. And I'm going to see what's going on your, you know, with your with your life. That's not intrusive. I'm going to ask a, a question um, that may show a little bit of my nativity on cell phone with young people, because, of course, my kids are older and I have tiny grandchildren, four and two years old. So we have this gap. Okay. But I do remember back in the day, Pete and Chris, that that was AOL and it was instant. I can't remember what they called it back then, right? Instant messaging. It's instant messaging. And there was a way that a parent could literally scrub that, record it and, and save it and take a look at it. So we did have whatever the parental controls were in the nineties on it. Is there anything like that now today? Oh, yes. (laughs) The only thing that you can do, I try to tell my grandkids or my daughter-in-law and my son this, the cell phones that these kids have do not belong to them. They have this idea that this phone belongs to them. The phone belongs to whoever's paying for it, which is the parent, which I've done this with our kids once 
cell phones started coming out and they were texting somebody they shouldn't. I took the cell phone. I destroyed it. I didn't care. I took the computer out of my son's room. I said, you just don't need this. It's just not going to happen. I'm paying for it. So therefore it's mine. So I'm taking it from you, you know? So that's my cure for that is just take it from them. And there are are apps that uh, you can put on a phone to restrict their use, limit their use. They can break through those. Uh, There are number, but you know what? These kids today are smart. They're smart, yeah. They can get around all that stuff. You have to sit down and talk to them. And again, we're talking about this tip of the iceberg. And we could go on for quite a while just on that one topic. And you said something earlier I don't want to forget to address. You know, what can those of you who are watching do? You know, we all know that doctors are mandatory reporters for signs of abuse. Teachers are among the group. Here in Florida, every adult is a mandatory reporter. And I don't care where you are, whether it's law or not, you should consider yourself a mandatory reporter. One of the things that we say all the time, if you have any suspicion whatsoever that a child you know or seen is at risk, pick up the phone. If you Make see something, the say call. something. I'd rather apologize for being wrong, not say something, and have another child added to the statistical column. And we're not saying the kids shouldn't have privacy. They should have privacy to a point. Yeah, directed. There's a phone number, Pete, that you gave me, or at least I know it's on your website, 1-800-4-8-CHILD. Yes, that's a national number uh, that you can report child abuse to. Uh, You can also report it to your state, whatever they call it, Division of Children and Families or Child Protection Agency, whatever's in your state. And if you will go through that, We honor the police. We appreciate what they do. Tough job. But sometimes we've had cases here in Florida where the officer was the perpetrator. And sometimes if small communities, he knows, she knows, the good old boy networks, sometimes it doesn't get the attention it should. The states typically require that any report made has to be investigated and not just shined on. And in some states, again, are better than others. The, the young lady in Michigan is a great example. That that state was absolutely yeah, they did pathetic when they it did. came to what their response. Pete, how many children dial that number? Oh, my gosh. I don't know. That's a good question. We don't have statistics yeah, on that. Know. We just share it. We will occasionally get a call. We, not many. Again, think of the child's position. Again, we're kind of focused on this one narrow area. When it comes to sexual abuse, the adults think it's, Young lady, 14, 15, 16. The average age of a sexual abuse victim is eight years old. It's younger than that. What are they going to do? They're being abused by somebody they know, respect. They've been groomed to believe that that what they're doing is right and they should be doing it. And I'll throw this out for your audience, too. We're getting ready to go on the holidays, Thanksgiving, Christmas, a lot of family interactions. And what we tell parents is if your child doesn't want to get hugged, by someone that they meet during the holidays, don't force them because now you're making that an expectation and that groomer is going to take advantage of that. They have to know that they are in control of who touches them and how they're touched. You know, it's all part of a a more necessary education with parents. And again, I hate to say this, but you never know. Maybe Uncle Rob is abusing, abusing them. Don't close your eyes to that possibility. If they feel uncomfortable around those people, there's a reason. 
Hey, have you visited the Napa Auto Care member site lately? Well, since its relaunch in 2020, the Napa Auto Care member site has continued to evolve to keep members updated on all the Napa programs, promotions, member benefits, and business building tools to help your business thrive. Some features to the member's site include never miss an update, stay current with notifications and announcements on the homepage, and view the dashboard featuring your shop's financial status. Also take advantage of cost-saving member-exclusive promotions and a faster automated 24-24 peace-of-mind warranty submission process. Submit re-repair claims directly on the member site and easily check the status there as well. Now, Typically, the claim is settled and EFT or credit card payment is sent within 48 hours. Turn searches into a new customer with a referral tracker. Now learn more about how a consumer Napa online search for your shop can generate new customers at no additional cost to members. Use this popular customer tool to evolve your marketing strategies and to get the most business value. Own more than one Napa AutoCare? Link all your facilities to one login and access all the facilities to one user. You can also access the Shop Napa Helm or Pro Office website directly. You can also submit a pro-image free look for a sneak peek at how you can co-brand your locally known name with a nationally recognized Napa brand. Also, submit online ASE certification renewal and test reimbursements. You also get exclusive access to dozens of industry-leading programs and solutions. Now, if you're a Napa Auto Care member, visit member.napaautocare.com to access the member portal and take advantage of these many member benefits today. Now, if you're not a Napa Auto Care Center, contact your servicing Napa Auto Parts store to learn more about how to join the Napa family. I got to tell you, I'm I'm sitting here stunned. Uh, I'm totally on the outside of this issue. You hear about it. You watch TV shows, even though they're fictional about this stuff that goes on. But I have not heard it at this depth Thank you so much for telling us this story, and you're kind of rocking my world a little bit about this. Imagine working at the hospital. I hope hope you're not the only one listening. I work at the hospital around a bunch of nurses, and believe me, they get educated every time I see something wrong with what they may be doing with their own kids. This is to the listener that we have. Uh, This podcast is listened to by so, so many people on the Aftermarket Radio Network. We've done so many shows on suicide and substance abuse. And this is so apropos to the kind of topics that we need to talk about in our own industry and the issues that we have in our extended families inside the shop. Carm, you'd be surprised at how many of those cases of substance abuse and suicide are tied to childhood abuse. Uh, there's a lot of young people that get into trouble with the law because of abuse. There's a lot of runaways on the streets because of abuse. And again, that's a whole nother situation. When these kids get on the streets, within 48 hours, a sex trafficking group will approach them. And sometimes it's the only way they have to survive. So this is a cycle that, again, in a country as, as rich as we are, this should be happening to this extent. It really shouldn't. But we need more people to get up and say, you know what, this is enough. Albert Einstein once said, and I use this quote all the time, so I think it's on, it's on our website, the world's an evil place, not for the evil in it, but for the lack of good people standing up to do something about it. That's what we try to do when we talk to people, is get people to stand up, do something about it. So I learned a lot on, on the website, bikers-care.org, and I did see that Albert Einstein paragraph quote there. You talk about volunteering 
But you also talk about the three pillars of Bikers Care's mission. Can you guys cover that? Educate, restore, and protect? Can you help us with that? Well, I mean, educate is something that we've probably been doing for the last several minutes. Try to raise awareness. The restore portion comes to like the young lady that we're working with now to, I mean, her abuse occurred many years ago and she's living in this really dark space. In fact, one of the things that we do is we give them these little motorcycle vests and we give them a biker name and her name was very appropriate. She came up with it. We named her Firefly and we explained to her that you're in a dark place, but you know what? A firefly has its own light. We just need to show you how to turn it on. So that's the restore part. The protect part is, if we get a call in the middle of the night about a child that's at risk, in danger, we'll go and do whatever we can to intercede, stand in the way. We don't get violent, though sometimes the temptation is very real. Just standing there is Uh, enough sometimes. But we just, if that's what we need to do, then that's what we need to do. We stood outside of a child's window all night, and this child was so scared that her perpetrator was going to come back and get her that she slept with her face up against that window all night long, but she felt safe. It's the first time she had slept in a couple of days just because we were there. And you were on the outside of the window and she was on the inside and, and she slept because you were her comfort, her, her safety zone. Yeah. We were the uh, guardian at the gate. I used to tell her that when we weren't there and she would call me in the night, I would have her look out the window and have her find the brightest star in the sky and tell her that's us watching her. Wow. Well, look, this is a yeoman's area of responsibility that you guys have taken upon yourselves. Now, do you have a bikers club that's part of this, Pete, that uh, people ride with? We're it. <laughs> we have one other person. Well, we have Alf. We have one we have person and Alf is, Alf is part of our clan, per yeah. se. Yeah. He rides on the back of our bike, but... We try again to stay in contact with all the various organizations that do this as a job. And we try to point people in their directions uh, whenever possible to help them connect with somebody that can provide the resources that they need. Um, So we're we're kind of facilitators, if you will. Uh, Same with our fundraisers. We work like right now we're working with uh, five area domestic violence shelters. You know, this time of year, everybody gets on board with uh, uh, the Toys for Tots program and a variety of other fundraisers. And you know, Takarm, typically these are going towards the kids in foster care uh, or in the hospital, but the kids who are living in the domestic violence shelters are off the radar. Uh, They can't go out because they're there for their protection. Some show up the day before Christmas. You never know. Christmas day. And we don't want them waking up in the morning to an empty tree wondering, what did I do so wrong that Santa didn't leave me a present? So often enough, too, uh, the teens get forgotten about. It's a little teens get forgotten as well. We all buy the teddy bears and the little toys, right? Like she's saying, but the teens are not included. And we'll encourage you. We're going to throw this out here. If anybody watching goes to our Facebook page, Bikers Care, there is a a fundraiser currently on there that we ask whatever you can give five bucks, you know, towards this fund so that we can share that with those shelters and help those kids have a Merry Christmas. And if not that, do something in your own community for those kids, because unfortunately, it's a problem that's nationwide. Well, we can pick ourselves up and out of, even though maybe we don't want to reach out locally, we all know Pete. We've known Pete for years. And of course, his wife, Chris, who's 
incredible champion of this. And and look at uh, you can give locally or you can give to bikers-care.org. Pete says give five bucks. Hell, I gave fifty. Thank you. We did. Thank you. Carl. We did. Thank you. We appreciate it. And we'll take fifty. We'll take whatever. <laughs> any any big corporate guys out there? You want to stroke a check? You know, for with a few zeros behind it, we'll take it. Honest to God, you will. In our organization, one hundred percent of the funds. I mean, one hundred percent of the, the funds kids. raised get turned right back around to help children. We we don't. None of it comes to us. We don't take any of it out. This is so apropos to put this out during the holiday and to, and to think about the people living in abuse shelters. I don't think we think that large about the abuse side. The drug thing, I think, is bigger. We talk about that more. And to me, this is kind of right in that whole scope, Chris. I feel better doing something for somebody else. I don't ask for anything I'd rather give. And boy, can you relate to these kids since um, since this, uh, this was a, a part of your life? It's actually good therapy for me because it's good therapy for these kids. So it helps me help them. And I don't hide any of it. I'm not graphic about any of it, but I don't hide any of it from these kids. A lot of times what happened to me gets them talking. And that's what you need to do. Get them talking. They can't bottle that up inside. So you find an individual or they reach out to you and you discover that the perpetrator continues to live in the home. What can you do about that? Well, if there's an active abuse going on, it's a call to the state. It's like you need to get out here. That's kind of like what happened with that young lady in Michigan. In Michigan yeah. When she reached out to us, well, like, I, like she said, we saw that message on Instagram. We saw that tag name she had, that Justin effed up teen. And then you looked at her profile and it was very dark. Very dark. Very, she was reaching out. She was in that same fog, but that was her yeah. way of reaching out to somebody. Yeah. And all we, all we did was send a note back saying, we care. And that's kind of opened up the conversation. And then not long after that, she came forward with the details of her abuse, trusted us in that. And uh, when she did that, we explained to her that we can't just have to report it. We have to do something. You understand that, right? We have to do something. And we initiated a call to uh, DCF in in that state. I tell you what, like she said, she got out. She got into a good environment. She did good at school. She wants to be a teacher and help children with special needs. The family that that took her in adopted her recently. And her light's looking a lot brighter than it was when we first met her. And again, we get involved in only a few of those cases. We couldn't begin to guess how many children might have been helped from discussions like we're having here. Maybe one of the people listening to this episode is going to go like, wait a minute. Yeah, that, that coach sure does like to spend a lot of time with my kid by himself. Maybe I need to have a talk with my child, you know, or maybe I'm going to have a talk with my kids about their use of the phone. There have been instances here lately on the news where a couple of boys were committed suicide because they got involved in a sextortion case. And for those of you who are listening, don't know what that is. That's when a perpetrator grooms your child into giving them pictures online, revealing pictures of themselves online. They think they're giving it to a potential girlfriend, boyfriend. And as soon as that gets passed through the internet, the person on the other side, the perpetrator now has a hook in that kid. Uh, They'll force girls to continue to provide them with these images or worse. They go after the boys for uh, money. Uh, And these are kids. These are kids. And they don't want to go to their parents because they feel that they're too embarrassed. You've got to break that down, man. Keeping an open line of communication with your kids is important, too, because we definitely had one with ours. 
One final thing that I need to ask because I am sitting here uh, kind of disturbed. We didn't do this episode to make me disturbed or to disturb in a good way, Chris. And so my question is, someone's listening and they say, wow, you, you guys brought up such incredible thinking for me. If I wanted to talk to my child about something, how do I approach it, Chris? Can you give me some pointers on how I pull this, pull my curiosity of a potential abuse out. What I did with my kids to, for the communication was we got rid of all the video games and all the cell phones and we would just go take a walk. We would go on a three-hour trip in the car with nothing, no radio, no nothing. If Once you can get that kid talking about anything, even if it's school, a lot of stuff comes out that you have no idea. Our oldest son took his teenage daughter for a bike ride, and he said, oh, my God, Mom, she filled me in on everything. And I said, but that's what you want, though. That's what you want. Yeah. You want her to fill you in on what's going on. Well, you want her to tell you everything. You have to make that child comfortable enough to come to you to tell you not just the good things that's going on, but the bad things. Yeah. Once they and get that open line of communication, they're like, man, I guess if I could tell them that, I can tell them this too. And they won't get angry. Yeah. And parents, you need to be aware of changes yeah. in your child's behavior. Yep. If that A student now starts struggling in school, if that normally extroverted kid doesn't want to go anywhere, if there's certain people that come into their lives that, that you can see apprehension, mm -hmm. uh, nervousness around that before there wasn't any. If you have someone in your child's life that tells you something like she could be a star or he could be a star, if only I could get some one-on-one -on -one time with them, that these are all red, are flags red flags that parents need to be aware of. And again, the challenge is these are people who are expert of controlling individuals around them and taking the time to set the stage and they get in close with the families. You know, it, it becomes that friend you invite to dinner. And that's what blinds a lot of parents because, oh, there's no way that I worked with somebody Bill like or, that, or Susie could be doing with, this. I worked with somebody like that for probably three years. He was everybody's friend and I felt uncomfortable around him, but he was everybody's friend. He did this and he did that. He worked real hard. He was a nice guy. He totally blindfolded everybody we worked with. Next thing you know, he's being arrested and... He was arrested for abusing kids in New York that were already in an abusive situation. These kids were staying in a home for abused kids, and he would take them by himself to visit family. And in the process of doing that, he groomed those kids and abused them, too. And this is somebody I worked with. Ask open-ended questions. Don't ask a question that requires a yes or a no. Ask, get him to open up and talk, right? And try to be a great listener. I guess it's okay if there's dead air. If there's nothing going on, there's no dialogue going on, just keep it quiet. You may be surprised, parents, if, you, if you're not doing this already. When you open the door to the communications, your child wants that. They want that from you. More than any property you could possibly give them, the most expensive Christmas presents, the best one you can give them is you. We have a little poster that's out that has a child with holding a rock in their hand. And they, the message is, if a child comes up and gives you a rock, accept it. Because at that point in time, that's the most valuable thing they have to give you. You're the most valuable thing you can give your kid. And I'm going to admit, 
she was 90% of how my boys turned out. She was the mom that worked nurtured at home. She was at home. She was there. That's the way we wanted it. I'm out working, trying to make a living, trying to keep the roof over the head like so many of us in our industry are doing. But still, even I should have could have done a better job of making that time on a Sunday or whatever to just go take the kid for some ice cream, some one-on-one, and just talk. It doesn't have to be specifically trying to draw anything like this out. If there's going on, it'll come out eventually. You know what I mean? But you got to let them know that they can tell you anything. This was great, Pete. Thank you for the awareness. Chris, thank you so much for being here and sharing your incredible side of this story. Appreciate it so much. Pete and Chris Meyer. Pete's, of course, creative director, technical vehicle repair at the Endeavor Business Media Group. So thanks for this great eye-opener, Pete, Chris. My pleasure. Thank you for having us. Appreciate the opportunity. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time.